Welcome back to the series on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, as we reread this sermon, one of the major shifts that's going on inside of me as I approach this sermon is Jesus is speaking directly to his followers, those who have answered the call to follow him, not, not the twelve, not the multitudes, but those who have chosen to step out of the crowd and to dedicate their life to following him. Jesus has been giving a message of the coming of the kingdom, and these are the people who have stepped up and said, we want to be part of that kingdom. And Jesus begins the sermon with saying, you are utterly blessed. No matter what your circumstance is, no matter how unblessed you are in the eyes of the world, the first thing you need to know is this. You are loved by God. And, and then he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? He then goes on to say, you are the light of the world. A town on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And, and this whole idea of salt and light has been... Uh, it's been used a lot in Christianity to where we're very familiar with it and sometimes even pass by it. But the major shift that's going on in me is this sermon is not a suggestion and it's not a new set of rules or a deepening of rules. Uh, it's a fulfillment of law in the sense of Jesus takes us beyond rules and into practice of the heart. That he's speaking to people that are called into the kingdom, and he he calls them to to a certain way of life that is going to produce a certain kind of living in the world. He doesn't say, "Hey, Christians should be this, or it would be an ideal if you could be salt and light." He says very simply, "You are salt and light." Uh, and the question is, will we live out that reality? Or will we continue to live out rea the reality of the world? Um, so these familiar words, they're not spoken to the crowd of admirers who gather to see what Jesus might do next. They're, they're not spoken to the onlookers who are interested in whatever new teaching Jesus would bring. Jesus spoke these words to his disciples, those who've answered the call to follow him. And stepped out of the crowd to be part of his kingdom movement. That, that the people that Jesus is calling, are, he's calling them to leave one identity, to repent of it, and then to take on a new identity. And, and so uh, one of the things that we have to wrestle with in the Sermon on the Mount is what identity are we being called out of in order to live into this new identity as kingdom people? It may be an identity of being uh, an American. It may be an identity of being um, an evangelical or whatever brand of Christian you might make yourself. Um, it may be called out of a certain identity uh, in whatever people group you may be a part of in this world uh, or successful or, or whatever it is. And to, to strip it all the way down to being one pure identity, and that is kingdom people. Uh, and so what does it look like to be kingdom people? Because we're the ones who step out of the crowd 
and say, okay, I'm going to follow Jesus. Um, when I thought about this passage in the past, I've, I've heard in my mind that these are things that Christians, uh, that Christians should be salt and light. But Jesus is saying you are salt and light. Uh, it's in the context of being kingdom people that, that we're not earning our way to the kingdom when we die. The kingdom has come now, and Jesus is saying, live in this reality here and now on earth as it is in heaven. That is that we live in the kingdom here and now. We, the Sermon on the Mount is not to earn our way into the kingdom later, but the kingdom has come here and now, and by grace, Christ has called us forward to follow him in kingdom living. And so as a result of that, Jesus is addressing people who have agreed to follow him. And he says, you are salt and light. And it's in this context that he then says, you know, when salt loses its saltiness, you're no longer good for anything except to be thrown uh, out and trampled underfoot. And so this, this hard, I mean, this is a little bit hard to swallow that, that Jesus is saying, yeah, if you lose your saltiness, if you're, if you're no longer kingdom people and you're not uh, practicing the heart transformative practices of the sermon, uh, you're not going to be salty anymore. Uh, we've already been at the end of the sermon where Jesus says, whoever hears these words and puts them into practice is wise. And if you hear the words and don't put them into practice, then you're foolish. Um, we have a responsibility in our hearing. He begins this sermon with, with making sure those who have answered the call know that they are blessed by God. That you are loved by God perfectly, that there's nothing you can do to gain his love and there's nothing that you can do to lose his love. And in this perfect love and blessing, the, the one thing that truly matters in your life uh, is God's love and his presence in your life. And this is the foundation in which all things are done. And you can only attempt to live out the sermon if you first know that the one who calls you to the practices of the sermon is the one who empowers you to then practice it through his love. That, that to live out the sermon um, is lived out not in a way of earning love, but in a response to the love that's been shown to you. Jesus says we're salt and light. That this is our vocation and reality. That those who practice the sermon will live in the world in such a way that the world is changed. That, that to say, you know, when you find a large concentration of Christians uh, in an area, the world should look drastically different because their saltiness and their light is actually bringing about transformation. Throughout the sermon, Jesus uh, will address the heart issues that develop in us, that eventually lead to breaking the, the rules of the law. Uh, what he's doing is he's, he's showing us the heart that's behind the actions, uh, that we can actually create rules that only change outward actions. We, we then leave the heart unchanged. And it doesn't take much uh, to scratch the surface of our lives to to then have the world pour out of us, that, that when our hearts are unchanged, it just takes one little bump to then spew unchrist likeness out of us. And so Jesus is aiming at, at transforming our hearts in a way that transforms our actions. 
uh, it seems as though each generation of Christians creates a, a new list of markers that for people that they must follow, which signify who is in and who is out. You know, these types of lists give us a sense of control rather than calling us to a place of submission to the transforming work of Christ. Uh, when we allow Jesus to call us to a place of heart transformation in the Sermon on the Mount, we become a community of Christ's transformative work and cannot help but be salt and light in the world. That, that we, when we submit our heart to Jesus through the practices of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, we, we are transformed. And we, we then just simply become salt and light. It's just the expectation. We're going to transform the world around us. But when we, make, um, when we make new laws based on the sermon, we're then just creating another way of controlling. So here's, here's what I'm wrestling with um, as, I, as I wrestle through this stuff. Here, I want to just share with you what I'm wrestling with. And if you'd love to dialogue about it, I'd love to chat. You know, Send me... Send me an email, ryan at notachurch.com. I, I would love some pushback on this, um, but, but hopefully this makes sense. So here's what I'm wrestling with. Uh, if we set out to be light, you simply blind people. But if you set out to be transformed by Christ, he will work through you to illuminate, illuminate the world. Uh, what I mean is this. When we make rules for what it looks like to be light, we focus more on a person's actions. Uh, and then we start spotlighting when people are not acting uh, in a certain way. So a person can act righteous, but their hearts still be sour, and they end up being further from the kingdom of heaven. You know, this becomes this weird dichotomy that we, we want per people to look a certain way, and so we say, this is how you should look. And so then we, we lay out this list of rules of how people should live, and, okay, I can act the part as I need to. Um, but the reality is this, Jesus calls to heart transformation, to, to spending time with him, following him. And a lot of this is coming from, uh, Matthew 7, 21 through 23, uh, where people will point to the things they did for God and Jesus, and you know, that, that they did all of these great things in his name. And Jesus is going to respond to them. I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Because what ultimately matters is this. Do you know Jesus? And are you following him in such a way that you're transformed? It seems as though Jesus is giving warning that the most important thing is to know him and be transformed by following close to him. Keeping right action apart from keeping close to Jesus is a way of keeping some kind of control in your life rather than submitting your need for control to Jesus and allowing him to move you. When we know Jesus, the natural outcome is to be what you've become in Christ, salt and light. So I want to end with uh, you know, these, these two questions that Randy Harris poses in his book that, um, that I think is just a whole other podcast. Uh, but I, I just want to throw these questions out. When you think about Christianity... Uh, it's easy to point the finger at others, and we'll do some of that, but ultimately you got to turn the finger around and point at yourself and say, okay, where do you fall in on this? But the questions are this. Are Christians so separate from the world that they can't make any difference in the world? 
or have Christians become so much like the world that they're not different enough to make any difference? We're called to be in the world, but not of the world. We're called to be invested in a kingdom other than this world so that we can then stand within this world and influence it. Um, the call to Christianity, Christianity is to be radically sub subversive, uh, but it's subversive in a different way than the world calls subver subversive. And so when we live out the practices of the sermon, uh, we, we stand in contrast to a world that calls to a certain way of living. And we influence the world where we are by the radical forms of love that are lived out in a relationship of following Jesus. Uh, so let's know Jesus in a transformative way that brings us to a certain way of living. That at the deep core of our being, we are people who follow the way of Christ. Uh, let's let's practice the sermon together.